and welcome. <laughs> this is the What If I Told You podcast, a show where we not so patiently await Autumn's arrival. Oh, absolutely not. It is fucking August 26th right now. We're so close. We're so close. Um, I lit a fall candle, sweater weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells delightful. I don't care how hot it is on September 1st, I will be wearing a hoodie. That's right. I changed the background on my computer at work all fall. All of it. Creepy fall forest shit. There's there's witches, there's mist, and there's trees. <laughs> it's I've completely committed to the fall vibes already. We really got into that shit. Yeah. Back at the court. That's right. Mine's been like galaxies for like a year now. Yeah. It's just not the same. No one appreciates it there. Yeah. Well. It's whatever. None of them listen, so I can just go ahead and say, they're boring. (laughs) Boring. And I'm not sorry about it. Oh. (laughs) That was Madeline. (laughs) Not me. I know our voices sound very different, but sometimes if you're just listening to us without really paying attention, we kind of sound the same. It's fine. You're not going to get fired. That's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Maybe I'll just talk a little more shit and see what happens. (laughs) I'm going to need you to support me. I fully support you getting fired. Okay. I mean, financially. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well, um, I'll just... I can't pay you in money, but I can pay you in chips. That's gonna have to work. (laughs) (laughs) Can we throw in, like, some other food items also? Let's see. Like hash browns once in a while? Of course. Um, um, I do have a lot of potatoes. Don't so you're getting chips and potatoes. <laughs> Just potato <laughs> products. That's all I can. That's all I have. Can I tell you? Speaking of food, oh my god! I this isn't even that funny, but it just happened to me today, and it just really pissed me off. Now, <laughs> when I go to restaurants. I am always nice to the servers. Of course. I know what it's like to be a waitress. And no one likes shitty people. That's right. So this is what happens. We go to Third Street. Which, generally speaking, great service. Top notch. Mary orders a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. As you do. No slaw, no aioli. Right. Okay. With fries. Mm Mm-hmm. I said, I would like the exact same thing as her, no slaw. Okay? To you, and really anyone else, it would seem like I also wanted a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. So our food comes out. And I can tell this is just a plain fried chicken sandwich. Yes. It's very different. And so... I get our server back and I was like, hey, um, <laughs> I wanted a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. And he goes, oh, well, like he got super defensive. And I didn't say it like and I did not have a rude tone whatsoever. You weren't like the woman from waiting. No. <laughs> and So I was just like, I wanted my Nashville hot. And he goes, well, when you said you wanted what she wanted, I, I didn't. I just thought you meant the chicken sandwich. And I literally was just like, I'm sorry. (laughs) What was I supposed to say? And I was like, okay, um, could I, could I like get the Nashville hot then? And he's like, well, I can bring you a side of it. Like the sauce? Like, it's not even a sauce though. No, it's not. Theirs is not a wet sauce. No. And so I was like, actually, I would just like it. To be how it should be. <laughs> and he got so butthurt over it. 
And I felt bad. And then the rest of the time, he was just salty as fuck. He he was taking the order at the table next to us. And then as he was walking by, Amy said, can I get a to-go box or some shit like that? And he goes, I'll get it after I put their order in. Sir. It's the worst when you're like being polite to someone and they're just being a dick to you. Yeah. And here's the thing. If I order something and I say... If I order a burger and I say no tomato and they put a tomato on it, I'm just going to take the tomato off. Exactly. But you literally brought me something completely different. Yeah. That would be like someone ordering a turkey sandwich and me saying, I want the exact same thing as her, no lettuce, and then someone bringing me a fucking ham sandwich. Right. This is not what I want. No. (laughs) He should have just been like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Let me go make that Nashville hot. Yeah. And then when he, if he if he thought you were being dramatic, he could have said that to you, taken it, gone to the back, and been like, "God damn it, this bitch!" Exactly. So whatever. I feel like that would be me as a waiter, though. Oh like, yeah, I mean, I get that. I. This is why I've never been a server because I just know that that would be me. Yeah, I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way and like i still even after that like wasn't rude to him i still fucking tipped him mm-hmm. but i was just like what the fuck don't justify how you fucked up my order yeah just yeah. say oh my god i'm so sorry i thought you just wanted a regular chicken sandwich i would have been like no dude it's cool just go fucking make it right yeah yeah and their food is not cheap no, it's not. No, I will not take a side of whatever makes the breading spicy on this sandwich. Yeah. What the fuck did you want me to do with that? Yeah. You want me to go just do it myself? Yeah. Bring me the sauce and a bowl and I'll toss the shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> what was he going to bring me? I don't, I really don't know. Because here's the thing about theirs is I almost feel like, I mean, it's definitely dipped in something. Yeah. But it's not, like, drenched. Right. Right. So it's, I don't know what they're doing to the chicken. It's not, like, 54th Street spicy chicken. It's not a buffalo sauce. Yeah. It, no, it's not. I think it's, like, I think the spiciness is from seasoning. hmm But the spices are, like, juicier than your regular. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just confused. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe that guy got his foot run over that and he was salty about it. it. You know, that's probably it. That would ruin my day. I agree. <laughs> I fucking agree. Anyways, wow. So that was a five minute rant on uh, <laughs> chicken sandwiches. We talk about chicken sandwiches a lot, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. I will say. The absolute best fast food chicken sandwich is hands down Popeye's, and I will hear no other word about it. I have literally never eaten at Popeye's in my life. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, well, there's not really one, like, conveniently located around No, us. I think the closest one is, like, Raytown. Or Independence. There's not yeah, one in... There's... There's one in Grandview. That's probably the closest one to here. Oh, yeah, you're right. But, I mean, you're not driving that direction for literally anything else. No. So, the most obvious one that you would go to would be Independence, because it's, like, close to the mall. I haven't been to the mall in forever. Yeah, uh, who goes to the fucking mall? Well, I mean, the one here. Yeah. No one. No one. Uh, So, again, the only reason you're going that direction is to go to Popeye's. Um, their spicy chicken sandwich is fucking ridiculous. Listen, I'm not even hungry, and I would totally eat a spicy chicken sandwich right now. Theirs is, like, much bigger than the Chick-fil-A one. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Um, it's, it's, like, thicker. It's really crispy on the outside. Mm. Theirs is, like, a spicy sauce and not... It's spicy, yeah. Is it like a buffalo, though? No. Okay, good. It's I just feel like there is different. a very big difference in, like, a buffalo chicken sandwich mm-hmm. and just a spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah. Buffalo is, like, tang, 
And not spicy, really. No, like, if I wanted this, I would just order wings. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, um, check out our TikTok and our Instagram and email us. What if I told you podcast at gmail.com? Yeah. And um, it's the dinner nook now. Yeah. Or whatever this meal is. It's 7.30 p.m. on a Thursday. And our favorite coffee shop was closed for some reason. Well, since COVID, they changed their hours to close at 5. I mean, I get it. Like, not, I guess not a lot of people are getting coffee after 5 p.m. I mean, clearly we are because we're having coffee right now. Yeah, I don't know. I Honestly, I used to go to sit at that coffee shop and study after work. See, that's what I was thinking when you told me that. Mm -hmm. It used to be open until 7. Most, like, local coffee shops do close around, like, 7 or 8. They're not Starbucks. Starbucks is open until 10. Right. But Post used to be open until 7 because I would go there directly after work and study because it's, like, literally right down the road from Mm -hmm. where we work. Worked in the past tense. We're not going to be able to edit that hiccup out. That's okay. Okay, cool. Um, This is a real and raw show, so it's fine. Um, So, but it was always packed when I was in there. Yeah. And, like, up until 7 o'clock, whenever everybody was gathering their shit to leave, packed. I think that's my favorite hoodie that I own. The Post hoodie? Yeah, dude. It's a really good hoodie. When we get merch, I want to use that brand. Yeah. It's perfect. It is perfect. We'll have to go and ask them. It feels like it's already been worn. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's why it's amazing. Ugh, that hoodie is so comfortable. I want to go put it on right now. Okay, so our first portion of Chip's Corner today is going to be about insurance. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded so official. (laughs) Um, So last episode when we talked about Heaven's Gate, um, apparently the whole group had alien abduction insurance to cover if they were abducted, impregnated, or killed by aliens. (laughs) Um, Chip says that that is absolutely a real thing, and that you can also get insurance for death and disability done by werewolves, vampires, and ghosts. (laughs) So, if you're worried, never fear. There is insurance out there for you. So, if you get impregnated by a ghost, insurance. Would that be health insurance? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Would it be health insurance? I just don't. I don't know. We Chip, we need details. First of all, what kind of baby would that be? A ghost, a ghost baby? baby? <laughs> a half dead? Oh no, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Chip, we need you to delve into that a little deeper. <laughs> and he also said the majority of alien abduction insurance policies are from Florida. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but... It's hysterical. (laughs) Of course. Oh, my God. Oh, Florida. We still love you. Okay. So today, we are doing a missing and murdered case. And this is the case of Unique Raquel Leona Harris. So, this is not a very covered case, even though there are some pretty significant breaks that are happening in this case that I would think would be, like, national news. Yeah. Because if you think about, like, the Kristen Smart case is very similar to this case. Right. And that was fucking everywhere. Everywhere. But I literally found this case just typing in, like, missing and murdered. 
And there was a long list of people. And I found her and I was like, yeah, okay, I've never heard of this case. Let's do this one. It's so hard for me to understand why there are only certain cases that are that are talked about everywhere in the news, blah, blah, blah. I just don't get it. How do they pick? Well, I mean, it's the blonde-haired, blue-eyed white girl. Nine times out of ten. Well, yeah. Yeah. 9.5 times out of ten. 9.5 times, yes. And Unique Harris was a woman of color, so we've talked about this multiple times. They're largely excluded from mass media coverage. Uh, People in the media... Can we, can we get a, like, a temperature check on that? Can you, like, uh, fix this? fucking real. We're going to first talk about Unique a little bit. She was 24 years old, and she had two sons. Her family described her as a loving mother and that she would never willingly leave her children unattended. And I think that is safe to say for most parents out there. Um, if no one can ever get a hold of me, I'm fucking dead or I've been kidnapped. Yeah. I don't think the same could be said for me. Sometimes I just be out here not answering any form of communication. We've talked about this. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's a problem. She had no history of drug use and she didn't even drink alcohol. So when someone like you or I are just fucking gone. Right. There's clearly something wrong. Yeah, she didn't have, like, there was nothing in her background that would point them to think that she had run off somewhere of her own accord. Right. And she also had a really good relationship with her family. Yeah. She she was, like, a normal 24-year-old mom. Yeah. She grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and she also graduated from high school there. In 2010, she moved to Washington, D.C. in order to be closer to her mom. Her apartment was on the 2400 block of Hartford Street, and she had lived there for five weeks with her kids before her disappearance. That's like no time at all. At all. They weren't even unpacked at that point, probably. Oh, absolutely not. She actually witnessed a murder outside of her apartment, but this didn't seem to make her fearful enough to really do anything, like yeah. move. Yeah, it, and it also didn't say that she was being called as a witness or that she was had been questioned by police. Yeah. I Especially because it only happened a few days prior. Right. There probably was barely an investigation, honestly. Into that murder, so. And before she went missing, she had actually been accepted into massage therapy school and had a child support court date approaching as well. So, a lot of things happening Mm -hmm. within a few weeks. Yeah, so um, she had obviously had things coming up in her future, kind of indicating that she had things to look forward to, so she would ju- wouldn't just up and leave. Right. On October 9th, 2010, Unique was having a movie night with her boys. And by the way, at the time of her disappearance, they were only three and four. That is so terribly sad. Also, her cousin's eight-year-old daughter was there with her, too. The four of them stayed up to watch a movie together, and after the movie, she put all the kids to bed. And between the hours of 10 p.m. on October 9th and 9 a.m. on October 10th, she disappeared. That's a pretty big window of time, mm-hmm. um, but it isn't known exactly what time between those hours she disappeared. But it is reported that she spoke to someone on the phone around 3 a.m., And that person's identity has not been revealed. And we're not really sure if the authorities know of the know the identity of this person anyways. Right. Either they do know 
and they're holding the information close to them or the phone number goes to a burner phone maybe or a pre prepaid phone and those don't typically have names attached yeah that's what i assumed and why people call them burners but i also <laughs> never had one so i wasn't sure if you just give it a fake name or so yeah neither of us have had a burner phone cuz we <laughs> like don't commit crimes <laughs> Anyways, so, of course, this 3 a.m. call could have very well been the suspect, um, but we're going to talk about the suspects later on in the episode. So now we are in the morning hours of October 10th, and around 8.30 a.m., all three of the kids woke up, and they were just alone in the apartment, and, you know, Unique wasn't anywhere to be found. Once again, because of her background, her family doesn't believe that she just walked away from her life. Not only did she have children and family that she loved, but she also had a lot of things coming up, like going to massage therapy school. And I mean, not that it was like an exciting thing, but she did have that court hearing for child support, which obviously she would have brought forth. Right. And that, you know could mean that they're ordering her to get child support, so it puts her in a better financial position to take care of her children. Right. Which is what I'm assuming it is. So I would think she would look forward to that, you know? Yeah. So, and that's really important. That's something that she was taking very seriously, obviously. Yeah, it seems like everything that she was doing were steps in the right direction. Right, exactly. She was trying to get her life in going into the direction of, like, being financially comfortable, taking Mm -hmm. care of her kids, and having, like, that stability. And so it just doesn't seem like... No, I mean, why would she have moved to be closer to her mom to just up and leave? Right. Exactly. I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. The fact that that's the first thing everyone assumes. It's really annoying. People typically don't do that. Do you know of anyone that you've just never saw or spoke to again? No. Exactly. Even people who are out here straight fucking up. Yeah. I probably see them more than I want to. Exactly. (laughs) They're the ones that I just want to be like, hey, can you leave? I don't, I don't feel like seeing you. Here's some money. Again, ever. You know, they're, the, the story of her disappearance is very short and there's not a lot to go on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the investigation is very similar. Um, now it never says specifically who called the police. I think it was probably Unique's mom because Unique's cousin's daughter who was spending the night with her was eight so i'm guessing she probably woke up noticed unique wasn't there and probably either called her mom Mm -hmm. or called unique's mom yeah so thank god yeah she was eight right she was eight thank god she was there yes thinking about jameson waking up in a house with no one else there horrifying oh my fucking god yeah A three-year-old and a four-year-old by themselves. Oh, my God. I barely even want to take a shower, like, with when they're awake. Yeah. I'm like, what if you guys open the front door and run out into the road? Yeah. It's crazy. Incredibly fortuitous that the eight-year-old was there. Um, So I'm guessing it was the eight-year-old who alerted someone to the fact that Unique was gone. Yeah. So... Usually, in all of the missing person cases we've covered, police move at a glacial pace when investigating a missing person because they like to assume that the person just left. Yeah. For whatever fucking reason. But investigators in this case were actually pretty quick to investigate, um, which... Surprised me, but 
good job. Uh, first, they noticed that there were no signs of forced entry into the apartment, nor was there any indication a struggle had happened in the home. Uh, everything inside of the apartment was in its place and undamaged. So, obviously, that's weird. Yeah. And clearly that means Unique knew this person. Duh. We are investigators, so we know. Right. And the items that they found in the apartment are really the reason that they took this seriously as a missing person case. So they found her purse, her ID, her money, all left inside her apartment. They also found her glasses. Um, They found her glasses folded and sitting on a pillow in her room, which is where she kept them when she slept. Because um, she had really poor eyesight. And um, she had to keep her glasses close to her. So as soon as she woke up, she put on her glasses. Right. Um, So the only thing that appeared to be missing was her cell phone. The only thing... Wait, I just said that. Cool. (laughs) When questioned by investigators, the children all say that they didn't hear anything happening overnight and none of them were woken up by any noises or anything. Um, I feel like questioning a four-year-old and a three-year-old about that, wildly unreliable. Absolutely. Questioning children in regards to things like this is always... uh, it's not solid. No. Um, however, seven years after the disappearance, one of the children, one of the boys, told police that he had actually gotten out of bed and opened his door. He reported seeing a man enter the apartment who he recognized as someone named Iceberg. The boy reported that he closed his door and later heard his mom yell, get out, get out, followed by muffled screams. That's uh, (laughs) pretty intense. But three years after that, the same child told the police that he didn't recall Iceberg having ever visited his mom's apartment. So, I mean, it's kind of a wash then. This is almost like unnecessary information to even have. Yeah, like what? We can't do anything with that. No, there's literally nothing to be done with that information because, first of all, he was either three or four at the time of this event. Right. And he's coming with the first report seven years later. Right. And then three years after that, saying, nah, I don't remember that, so... Anyway, so there was some speculation that maybe Unique had left the apartment after she put the kids to bed to make, like, a run to the store. Right. But obviously this is ruled out almost immediately because, first of all, her purse and all of its contents were left inside the apartment. So how the fuck is she expected to make any purchases without a purse or money? Yeah, and... and Based on what her family says, I really don't think she would be leaving three kids eight years and younger at home alone. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, there's pro, there's certainly very few things that would be important enough that she would need to leave in the middle of the night to go get. Exactly. So, there's so many reasons why that is just not a good explanation for how she, how her apartment was undamaged. Right. It's just, it has so many holes. Um, firstly, obviously the purse. And obviously she would not leave her kids unattended. But also her glasses were left behind mm-hmm. on her pillow where she leaves them when she sleeps. Right. Indicating that she was probably in bed. Exactly. Um, and her family even said that her eyesight was so poor that she would never have even been able to leave Without her glasses because she wouldn't have been able to see well enough to navigate the stairs leading down from her apartment without her glasses. That's pretty bad. That's that's a huge tell. Yeah. That she did not leave willingly. Exactly. I mean, I wear glasses, but 
I also have 20-20 vision. I have an astigmatism, which is why I wear glasses. I still don't leave the house without my glasses. Right, because you just wear glasses. Because I just wear them. Yeah. Mary didn't have her glasses on today, and I literally thought to myself, is she okay? (laughs) I was like, what's wrong with Mary? (laughs) Your face is weird. Where the fuck are your glasses? Are you having a mental break? So, obviously, the items that were left in the apartment made the investigators think foul play immediately. But there were also other factors leading them to believe this as well. And first is obviously the neighborhood she lived in. It was known for being crime-ridden. This is incredibly vague and not that helpful. But it... That's kind of what they look at first, I guess. So, yeah. She lives in a high-crime area. So that immediately makes them think she is more likely to have been a victim of a crime. Um, Also, the murder she witnessed... The Charlie Project said that there was no indication at the scene that it was connected. Her witnessing that murder was connected to her disappearance. I don't know how that could be ascertained at all. Yeah. But I'm guessing the murderer of that crime probably didn't know her because she'd only been there for five weeks. And since there was no forced entry, that's probably what they're thinking. But she could have... They could have knocked and she could have opened and been like, hi, can I help you? And they just like bust in. I guess. I don't know. After you sent me that TikTok, I'm not going to open the door for anyone. Oof. I'm going to have to set up a code word with everyone I know, like in Harry Potter. I mean, we should probably create one right now, but not say it on mic. That's right. (laughs) That would really (laughs) defeat the purpose. (laughs) I guess her witnessing the murder, obviously we've said it couple times now. It probably is not connected. Investigators searched for Unique for eight years before she was legally declared dead in 2018. So, suspects and charges. It, of course, makes sense that the first suspects were the fathers of her two children. One was her boyfriend at the time, and the other was her ex-boyfriend. Because in most cases, those closest to the victim are always looked at first, and it's always the spouse. Always. As we know. But both of the men were reportedly out of town at the time, and they were eventually questioned and polygraphed. Whoop-de-fucking-do. But both of them passed and were then seemingly cleared as suspects altogether. So that's cool. And that's really the only information about her boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend that's available. So to me, it seemed like investigators were just kind of checking their bases on that one. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they've been questioned and polygraphed. They're good. And I guess since they'd been out of town, that's an alibi. Yeah. And as usual... We don't, and we'll never pay any heed to polygraph tests, and we reject them entirely because they are absolutely ridiculous. Garbage. Garbage. Absolutely ridiculous. You could straight up put me on one of those things right now and be like, did you murder someone? And I would say no, and it would say I was lying. Absolutely. And I could murder someone and then take a polygraph, and I could pass. Exactly. Because Dakota likes to call me... A snake in the grass. <laughs> because I'm always cold. <laughs> um, so this this case has been cold since 2010. Yeah. Until now. Dun dun dun. I've been watching a lot of Law and Order SVU. I hate those shows. Oh my god, I the only one I like is SVU. I love Olivia Benson and Elliot Stabler. Allegedly. They're going to kiss. There's like 20. Oh, shit. There's like 200 seasons of this show. (laughs) I can't deal with that shit. I love, I love, that's the only one I like. I don't like, I don't like, uh, I don't even know the names of the other ones. All of the other procedurals I hate, but I love SVU. Mm. How long have we been recording? (laughs) (laughs) An hour and 16 minutes. Not that long. Okay. This is, 
That's not bad. We no. are on page three of six. Fuck. Oof. Okay. Happy Monday, everyone. Holy shit, next Monday is... No, it's not. Never mind. I thought next Monday was a holiday. Nope, it's the following Monday, the 6th. Okay. So, on December 19th, 2020. So, this is less than one year ago. Mm -hmm. Man, we are pulling out cases that are with resolutions like last week. It's crazy. We got a next case like this. I just need people to not be able to sleep at night. No resolution whatsoever. Ooh, we'll find we'll we'll find one. That's, More Marie. Everybody already knows about her. They're no, not gonna. They don't. They're not gonna lose sleep over Maura Murray because they're already um, like. I lose I've been sleep over Maura Murray. <laughs> we could do Tara Grinstead. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I did re-listen to Up and Vanish, the Tara Grinstead. Oh my fucking god! Season. I am re-listening to Up and Vanish season two on Crystal. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. What the fuck? We're the same person. <laughs> We're two sides of the same coin. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, okay. December 2020. The Washington, D.C. Metro Police issue the following statement. Quote, on Saturday, December 19th, 2020, pursuant to a D.C. Superior Court arrest warrant, Members of the Capital Area Regional Fugitive Task Force (laughs) located and arrested 43-year-old Isaac Moye of Southeast D.C. He was charged with second-degree murder while armed. Moye has an arrest history that includes assault with a dangerous weapon, fugitive from justice, simple assault, and distribution of narcotics. End quote. All right. I have complained about this so many times. Why do they name departments and agencies so many things? Like, that's not even fun to say, like, C-A-R-F-T-F. Capital Area Regional Fugitive Task Force. That's too many words. No. It could have just been, like, Capital Task Force. Yeah. Or, like, Capital Fugitive Task Force. Or just Task Force. Or just not create a committee for it. Call it the police. (laughs) These are just police officers working on this specific thing. (laughs) These people, they just make life so complicated. Oh, my God. Okay, so that was a lot of words to say. They arrested Isaac Moyer for second degree murder. Oh, he did. I didn't even notice. Oh. Okay, so let's backtrack a little. So we put that out there. Now we're going to go back and tell you how they got to Isaac Moyer. In 2017, police allegedly linked DNA evidence from bodily fluids found on a couch cushion in Unique's apartment to Moyer. The hit from a database came after Moyer went to prison on an assault charge from 2016. Police said in the affidavit that someone had cut off a piece of fabric from a couch cushion, but some genetic material remained on the couch. So I found this odd because initially they said everything in the apartment appeared undisturbed. Yeah. But if there's a chunk of the couch cushion missing, that could just be something that one of those pieces of evidence that they didn't want to release to the public. Probably was. Um, makes sense. That's a huge deal. It's got DNA on it. Mm-hmm. So, according to an arrest affidavit in 2020, an informant who had spent time in prison with Moye said Moye told him about a missing girl and that he'd never be caught because, quote, he did it the right way, so they will never figure it out. End quote. Um, okay. Okay. So usually in, like, jailhouse informants, I just never take their statements into consideration at all. No. Because most of the time they're looking for a deal. But Moye at, 
at this point in 2020, they police already had DNA evidence linking him to the scene. Right. So this informant just seems to be bolstering that. I mean. And the DNA evidence was not released. Yeah. So that's also a thing, you know. Nothing was released about this until police made the statement that they had issued the arrest warrant. So, take with that what you will, I suppose. Uh, Police have also said that Moye was wearing a GPS monitor on October 9th, 2010, and that it showed he was at Unique's apartment, her complex, overnight that night. (laughs) I, I mean, that definitely, like puts him there and makes him very sus. Yeah. But at the same time, how big was this complex? I don't know. I'm just like playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Um I don't know how big the complex was. I'm guessing probably several buildings. Yeah. Um but I think upon a preponderance of the evidence if his DNA is on a couch in her apartment and his GPS is saying he was in the complex. Right. Too bad it didn't have, like, I know it has, and you're about to say this, time of exit, exit, but not arrival. Yeah, I agree. Um, Authorities say that the records show Moye left the apartment building at 7.20 a.m. on October 10th and walked back to a wooded area near his home. Um, Interestingly, police also say that Moye's nickname was Iceberg, which is a name given by one of Unique's sons in a statement, which we talked about. Um, Even though that son has since said he doesn't recall Iceberg ever being in the apartment, it is an interesting piece of information. Um, He was so young when this happened, and his memories are obviously either non-existent or vague and blurry at best uh, from time and trauma. Yeah, because so, that's very specific. It's very specific. The nickname Iceberg is very specific. Yeah. It is. So, and especially since the first time he came forward was in 2017, mm-hmm. seven years after her disappearance. This is around the time of the DNA match. So I, I would be interested to know... The exact day that he said iceberg and the comparatively to when the DNA evidence was like matched. Yeah. If it was after the DNA match, then I'm like, okay, well, you know, right. This is now makes total sense. He's heard this name and he's made up this memory. Yeah. But if he said the name iceberg before the DNA match, I would be interested. Agreed. So, oh, my bedtime reminder. Jesus, it is 845. <laughs> uh, I still my, need to take a shower. I set my bedtime for 930. Sorry, there was a problem with the app. The fuck, Siri? <laughs> She's be talking to me. Uh, it, this is my wind down period for the next 45 minutes. So what do you do? Like some, like, deep breathing? It just um, turns notifications off on my phone. Um, usually I have some ice cream. That's good. Take a shower, probably. I do need to do that. Yeah, me too. Who knows about the whole iceberg debacle. If the boy actually saw him, if he didn't, we don't know. But it is interesting. Uh, on January 11th, 2021, Moye went before the D.C. Superior Court Judge Neil Kravitz and the judge scheduled the case for prelim, which is a hearing for the prosecution to present their evidence to the court and for the court to decide if it's enough to proceed to trial. Um, so prelim was originally set for February 19th of 2021, but it didn't appear as though it actually happened. It seems to have been continued because there was no information about the hearing being held that date. Instead, April 7th of 2021, Judge Kravitz ruled that the case against Moye had enough evidence to establish probable cause and proceed to trial. So April 7th, Judge Kravitz said, yeah, there's enough evidence, which, duh, 
there's enough evidence. We have DNA. So. Right. It is interesting uh, that this is a no body case, though. Yeah, but that DNA, I mean, that that hooks people. DNA does hook people. Yeah. Which is scary to me because if you were murdered tonight, they would find my DNA all over this house. Yes, they would. Yeah. Literally both floors. But they would also find this recording. So and explain then, your presence here. And then hear me say, if you were murdered tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know. I would not leave April and Artie home alone with yeah. an unalived you. So Yeah. It's fine. Artie would freak out. April would just lay next to me thinking I was asleep. Like, oh, we're doing this here? Cool. I'm going to go to sleep now. This is getting real dark. Artie would be like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'd have to just take him with me. You would, yeah. So he could leave you undisturbed. <laughs> um. So, yeah. The case proceeds to trial. So the evidence bolstering this decision is... Documents showing that Unique and Moye had actually spoken 13 times on the phone on October 9, 2010. Jesus. Whoa. 13 times. Uh, reports from the GPS tracking device of Moye's cell phone showing he was, in fact, in her complex overnight. And all, although it's not listed on the dcwitness.org site, we can assume that the DNA evidence was also very persuasive. Very. Um, so, Moye's attorney, Jason Tully, requested that his client be released on bail, but Judge Kravitz remanded him to the D.C. jail. Of course. Why would he get bail? Right. So, the next hearing for this case was set for July 14th, but I couldn't find any further hearing information. Uh, so I don't think it actually went. We will, of course, be tracking the developments of this case. I've already set up a Google alert for, for it so that we'll hear next time he goes to court what happens when it's up for trial and da 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 da. Yeah, and COVID is just really fucking up all court things everywhere. It really is. The court system is notoriously slow anyway, and mm-hmm. so now dealing with this has just exacerbated the issue. Absolutely. I'm not sure if anything happened on July 14th or if maybe the website is just slow, didn't update. I don't know. Yeah. But that's uh, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Unique's mom wrote on her Facebook page, this is a quote, I hope and pray that every parent out here can rest a little bit easier now that this deviant diabolical vulture is off the damn streets. My child's life and passing will not be in vain. At least her family can rest a little easier. Now, I mean, this guy has not been found guilty. No, he has not. So everyone just has to keep that in mind. But it was a very, very long time for anything in this case to happen. happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's some good shit right there. Yeah. Also keep in mind, we don't, we don't have Unique's body. Right. Still. So if there is anyone with information about her disappearance, um, we just ask that you call the local police at 202-727-9099. You can also do that anonymously at the department's tip line by sending a text message to 50411. And also, whenever you can, um, share her story. You can find um, links in our episode description that contain the Charlie Project page for her case, among all the articles that Maddie pulled all this information from. And you can read them and share them in hopes that someone out there has some kind of information to help investigators find her. Because at this point, like, it's not a cold case, but it's still kind of a cold case. Right. And um, her having not found her remains at this point is when it comes to trial time, it is going to 
bring in the question that prosecutors are going to have to deal with and prove to the jury that even though they don't have her body, we it means that the jury is going to have to assume that she has passed away. Right. And that's a leap for people, especially now we're kind of seeing this hard turn when it comes to murder convictions. We've been yeah. jaded by bad police work in the past mm-hmm. and wrongful convictions. Cough, cough, and non Syed. And so now we're in this atmosphere of if you can't prove that she actually passed away, you can't provide her body or a substantial amount of like blood anywhere. Yeah. We can't ascertain that she's dead. Therefore, murder can't be the charge, right? So prosecutors are going to have to contend with this. So finding her is a huge deal. So honestly, I'm surprised they brought charges without a body. Oh, I know. But um, so we're still treating this as a missing person case. She's still missing. Yeah. And um, there is still the possibility that by some miracle she is alive somewhere. Yeah, I mean, we just don't know we that. We just don't know. Um, but in the words of her mom, Valencia, quote, that is probably a question I've asked myself a gazillion times. What I will say is that miracles happen every day. And she added that she told Unique's children that she's never going to give up searching and, quote, I promised them their grandma was going to find their mother or die trying to find her, end quote. There is a YouTube video in our sources of Valencia talking about Unique, and it's heartbreaking. Mm. I watched it at work. Big mistake. (laughs) Big mistake. Big mistake. But definitely watch it because... yeah. You know, she's out here fighting for her daughter 11 years later. Yeah. And and I mean, honestly, when it comes to stuff like this, like 11 years is a long ass time. Yeah. But there's so many cases that have been going on for much longer. Yes. So that's why you have to report what you think you saw, what you know someone else saw, what you've heard. Yeah. Like... All of that shit leads investigators and police to where they need to end up being. Right. It is literally their job to figure out whether or not your tip is solid or it has nothing to do with it. Right. That's it. If you have seen something, say something. For the love of God, I just don't understand. There are actual options to report this shit anonymously. Yeah. You're scared? I get it. I'd be scared as fuck to report. I saw a dude dragging a girl's body down a sidewalk. That's terrifying. Yeah. Reported anonymously. Yes. Yes. If you're afraid for your own personal safety, there is anonymous options. There are anonymous options literally anywhere. Yeah. So just just say something because if Unique was murdered or taken and then murdered out of her apartment complex, there is bound to have been people that saw things yeah. and heard things. Yes. I mean, this would be different if it was this happened at a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Right. There had to have been people that have witnessed something. Right. And especially, like, the GPS shows that he walked out of the complex into a wooded area at 7.20 in the morning. It's daylight. It's daylight. And who's walking into a wooded area? He ha- She had to have been with him. Yes. At that time. Yes. The kids were still asleep then. The kids were still asleep. And she wasn't in the apartment, nowhere around the complex, not in that wooded area. He had to have walked her out of the apartment or carried her out of the apartment at some point. Exactly. And someone had to have seen something. Mm -hmm. There's no way nobody saw anything. There's literally no way. So 
please report. Please report. Yep. For the sake of Unique's mom and her children, please report what you saw. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. That is, that's the end. Oh my God. That felt like it was so much effort. You know, it was a lot of effort. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was the 20 minutes of chicken sandwich talk that really did me in. We just, we really took that too far. It got us off on the wrong foot, I think. Yeah, I mean, we're very passionate about that. And we really yeah. should have saved our our rage for the content that we were trying to present to yeah. the world. Yeah, I think that the chicken sandwich information really should be its own its own thing. Literally, like, 15 minutes into that, I was like, we're going to have to just make this a bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We got through it, though. That's because we're professionals. We could even have, like, a segment or a bonus episode that's, like, Chicken Sammy Saturdays. Yeah. Where we just get a chicken sandwich. Yeah. And then talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. I think we should start doing that. Yeah. In addition to our other weekly episodes. That just sounds like a good time. All right, people. Um, Haley and Ariel, they're awesome. They're the fucking bee's knees. Hell yeah. The cat's pajamas. (laughs) The cat's pajamas. Oh, they're the shit. The shit. Please subscribe to our show. Please. Share us with your friends. Share us. If you happen to be in an airport in the continental U.S. and find a sticker with our logo, please pick it up and hand it to a random. Yes. We are littering them get around a the world. Get, get a tat. <laughs> Full throat. And then send us a picture of it. Please don't do that. <laughs> if you do, I will feel obligated to send you a present. <laughs> Just a present. <laughs> You'll get a free sticker. <laughs> um, I would send you something cooler than a sticker since you already got it tattooed on you. Pringles. Uh, I would send you ranch Pringles because they're the best. Uh, so there's that. That's on the table now. <laughs> um. Please rate us five stars, because why not? (laughs) And write us a review. If you don't have anything nice to say, you can say it anyway. We don't care. We really don't. (laughs) We really fucking don't. The lava lamp is finally melted now. Yeah, it's only been like two hours and the shit's not yet lava. But it looks cool still. It's stretched a little. (laughs) It looks like an alien, which is fitting. It does. Dakota got this for the pod pad. I love it. It fits perfectly. Um, So that's all. And good night. (laughs) Good night and good luck. (laughs) What is that from? I have no idea. (laughs) I think it's from like like a NASA movie. When they shoot a rocket into space. (laughs) I think that's like the sign off. Good night and good luck. I can't even open my eyes. (laughs) Oh my god. We have descended into complete delirium. Anyway. Okay. Wow. Oh my god. Alright. Well, we love you all and we hope you have a great fucking week. Yes. And, uh, Yeah. Please be kind. And stay weird. Okay, bye. Bye.